Now, while not wishing to spoil the pre-Christmas spirit, first up today, an argument that really a debate we should have is around poverty in Australia, rather rather than splurging on those Black Friday sales. I think I had 15 separate texts sent to my phone about those sales urging me to spend. Of course, the Reserve Bank Governor doesn't want us to spend too much right now in order to rein in inflation. But all of this maybe averts our gaze from material in an ACOS New South Wales uh, study recently, New South Wales University study recently, on poverty and inequality in Australia. It didn't last long in the headlines, put it that way. But John Hewson, the former Liberal Party leader, company director and now frequent social commentator, believes we should be paying far more attention to where the report points us as towards us as a nation, towards tax reform. I'll let him outline why. Welcome to Saturday Extra. Good morning, Geraldine. Oh dear, your voice is not sounding. You've had you've had not COVID, but the flu, I gather. No, I have the flu, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, look, this is never an easy subject, uh, as you know, no. well know from your career, tax reform. But you were pretty blunt in your Saturday paper column last week, and it took my interest, that our tax system is inequitable and could be better. Do you believe conditions are right now for a more useful discussion? Well, it's, it's, it's awkward to say, but it, it seems it's in politics, it's never a good time to talk seriously about tax reform, governments find it fairly difficult, even though it's been one of the most researched areas. I mean, we've got the Henry Review, the most recent substantive review, but they go back go back all the way to the Aspie Review in the middle 70s, setting out what needs to be done to improve the efficiency and fairness of the tax system. And uh, a lot of this has just been left to drift. Um, because it's, I, it's certainly not a sexy subject, is it? it? It requires a lot of dedicated, focused action, doesn't it? I suppose the question is whether uh, a government I mean, it, uh, that the, we've got now might do it. Governments have been reluctant to set out the detail of a tax reform package before an election. Um, right now, for example, we have this massive task of budget repair and uh, the government has been saying, well, we've got to face have a mature debate here. Uh, we have to cut, cut back on certain services. We have to... You know, look at the possibility of increasing some tax, but they haven't been very specific about the need to increase tax. And uh, mostly this is because we've had a very distorted tax debate over many years. I think the Liberal National Party's in government spent a lot of time trying to convince people that tax reform was all about lower tax. And that's not the only issue that's of importance to people. I mean, the fairness of the system, the fact that some people get access to better tax deal than others, I think uh, is a, a very big issue. It hasn't been addressed uh, publicly by governments. but um, And who, who does? What sections get a better deal? Well, you can see, um, look at the particular areas. We have this uh, feature of the system called um, tax expenditures, which government found a very easy way to, to sort of quieten a... Uh, an activist group by offering them some sort of benefit through the tax system. And over the years, these have built up to a very large number. I think the last estimate I've seen is over $200 billion in terms of cost annually, and um, they are in favour of particular groups. Look at superannuation is a good example, where we must be the only system in the world that gives you a tax break to put money into superannuation uh, to uh, the investment returns for that super and when you take the super, extract the super in your retirement. 
I mean, it's a very generous system, but that's more available to people on higher incomes, higher incomes than it is to anyone else. Yes, we discussed this last week on the program with Jeremy Cooper. You did remind me in your article that the Treasurer, Jim Chalmers, has indicated he will review all tax expenditures to assess their cost effectiveness. So that yes, would clearly appeal to you. This has been a needed review for many years. As I say, they just were left to drift. They were introduced by governments uh, at the time... Uh, for political reasons, and they not never really focused on what they ultimately ended up costing. But you've got some of these tax concessions, uh, uh, for example, negative gearing in on housing, um, allowing people to invest in uh, uh, a number of other houses apart from the one they live in, and um, that that is really to the advantage of those higher income earners who can access that system. Hmm. And, uh, you know, the Labor Party did mention this in a, in a Bill Shorten attempt to win the well, they, uh, Prime Ministership. And, uh, could have helped it, to lose in that election, of course. That's they, the trouble. They're feeling that it did, yes. And, uh, you know, part of the problem there is, of course, it's difficult with some of these taxes, a complex area, and uh, it's difficult to give simple silver bullet type answers to some of these questions because, you know, they do need to be... Um, I think it, there needs to be a detailed public discourse about some of these elements and people need to understand what you're talking about. And I think one of the failings of the shortened government was the inability to explain some of that detail. Um, well, this is this is the issue, isn't it? That, um, for instance, I, I don't want to go into too much granular detail about those ACOS University of New South Wales reports, but uh, it did focus on how the various pandemic payouts from governments, which of course right. were phenomenal uh, yes. amounts of money, they did reduce child poverty. For instance, people could do things like buy prescription glasses, dental care. They just because they had more cash. So that's, that's right. obviously admirable, but that that specifically contributes to the big deficits, as you say, that we now have to rein in. So how would you, as an economist who does care about the bottom line, suggest the nation rationally approaches allocating this pie better, which is really what you're talking about? I mean, it's a very hard debate, isn't it? See, what the point that ACOS made was that at the time the government was looking ways at ways to cushion the impact of some of the medical restrictions on the economy, that we were on, teetering on the brink of, of a recession very rapid increases in unemployment and so on. And what were the most effective ways to uh, spend money from government to minimise the risk of that happening? And I think ACOS's view was that, you know, the area of um, these benefits, unemployment benefits, job seeker, for example, was could have been a much more productive way of perhaps spending less and, and getting a better, better bang for your buck in terms of economic growth. And... Uh, it's a difficult argument because they, nobody was prepared to run it. And, of course, as you say, there are longer-term inflationary consequences for just putting the uh, that sort of expenditure on the on the increasing the debt. That, uh, so it's a, just a long-term problem at the same time. Yeah. I mean, um, you say in your article that there could be much more innovative thinking on new taxes, for instance, on transport and road infrastructure, congestion yes, taxes, right. and uh, in market-based price on carbon, taxation of trusts. You even go to taxation of trusts. I could, all of this is politically difficult. I'm not saying that, sh that they should... They are all very difficult. Yeah. How you rule it out. But it's how you do it then, how you engage people, because uh, there'll be losers in this. That's that's the point. And then they that's tend right. to dominate the headlines. Are winners and losers. You've got to be prepared to admit that and to uh, argue the, ben the national benefit, the national interest in getting the tax system right. 
And, uh, you know, people look at our tax system and say, gosh, some of these these reports that come out regularly about large companies not paying any tax. You know, they do a lot of business in Australia, some of these multinationals, and they don't pay much tax at all, if any. And uh, the system does facilitate that. And uh, that that's a major inequity when people are thinking that, you know, their personal tax may go up or their... <laughs> They may be asked to pay a new tax. And um, the, the, what you need, though, is government's prepared to argue that case maturely. It's very difficult because a lot of the media don't help them in that. Well, what they, is required of the media? Because you you do mention the media's responsibility if, if such a debate as you would like to see happen it does get underway. Well, we've got to get out of that mentality of gotcha, you know, we, before we found the government weak spot, we've got to exploit it. Um, I think you've just got to be prepared to have a mature debate about the pluses and minuses. I mean, if people had a clear understanding of the options and alternatives that are being proposed, I think it would you would get a different result. Uh, quite often that is difficult, I admit, for governments to admit this. You know, as I say, that the LNP in government has always argued Tax reform is lower tax. Well, you know, that's a very distorted way of looking at tax reform. Um, <laughs> is it something that is going to take more than one term of government? That's one of the things that Jeremy Cooper said to us last week talking about superannuation. He urged a that's constant harder, thinking but, but no urgency about some of these changes. Now, no, is that's that right. – do you agree? Yes, I think that the, one of the, the problems is, you know, if you look at the Henry Tax Review, it gave you all the options. And that Henry was not asked. Uh, Ken Henry was not asked to put together a package. Um, he was asked to, you know, assess the system. But all the evidence is there if you want to make a judgment, and uh, that doesn't filter into the public debate. Of course, it gets a bit too technical for a lot of people. They're just uh, very suspicious about government finding new ways to tax you. Um, but are but you are saying, some, John? Some taxes make sense. Yeah, you know, okay. Some new taxes make sense. Some new taxes make sense. I mean, are you saying fundamentally that we do need to pay more tax? We will need to in order to bring the budget under repair. Yes, you don't. Think, I don't think you will actually repair the long-term structural deficits without um, without an increase in tax. I mean, there were studies done before the pandemic, which looked at the. Uh, the um, expenditure commitments of government running through the 2020s you had you know, big big commitments in the NDIS and, and so on, but defence and uh, traditional spending and education and health and so on, that there would need to be an increase in the o- overall tax burden to fund this. Now, that was a position that had been put um, by Mike Keating and others in, in a book uh, prior to the pandemic, saying that through the 2020s to meet those sort of existing expenditure commitments, realistically, we should be paying more tax. And um, it didn't get a lot of attention, of course. <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, there are people who understand that this is the case and uh, governments are not prepared to admit. You know, they think it's a failure going into an election to admit that you've got to increase tax. And um, it's one of the reasons why I think the issue of integrity in government has become so important that, that you know, these issues arise after the election. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, I can hear. I, I, was, I was going to yeah, ask you they one. Take, they don't take people into their confidence before the election, uh, feeling that that'll probably cost them the election. So they, um, then it may, well, <clears throat> history may suggest that that's the case. But um, 
I'm, it I'm is going a question. to. I'm, it's very difficult leadership, isn't it? I'm going to let you go. <laughs> Yeah, because That's all right. I really I'll just don't die quietly in the corner. It's all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you for joining us and putting that on the agenda. Very, very good to talk to you. Good luck. <laughs> John Hewson, who's a professor at the ANU Croft School of Public Policy and a man with a cold, a former Liberal opposition leader. And look, while we're still on these matters, I, I do notice that Treasury is inviting us all to contribute uh, on a big inquiry into measuring what matters. That's what they're calling it. Um, and we have until January the 31st, 2023, to comment. Um, Apparently, the OECD has a framework for this, which other countries are using, and the government would like uh, to see it applied here more. And it wants to hear people's views on what constitutes uh, good progress and wellbeing indicators. So uh, go to the Treasury website, treasury.gov.au, and you might like to uh, contribute, given that you're the listeners that we have <laughs> who get very involved in these things. Um, so as I said, till January the, 30, the 31st, just to keep you occupied if you haven't got enough on your plate. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.